Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mutton Barbie camper Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Hello and welcome to this episode of Pop Goes the Tam Tam. For this episode, I'm going to be discussing the live action 2023, The Little Mermaid. Oh, I don't die! to save him. This obsession with humans has to stop. I just want to know more about them. Ariel, don't! Poor child. I can help you. You can't live in that world unless you become a human yourself. Is that even possible? That's <laughs> what I live for. <laughs> about you seems different. I can't quite figure it out. She got legs, you idiot. I don't know where, I don't know how, but I know something's starting right now. Watching you So let's get into the episode. I recently attended a matinee screening of the film. Yeah, I'm not big enough to go to premieres yet, sadly. (laughs) Now, I should say that The Little Mermaid means a lot to me. As a child, I was absolutely obsessed with the film, with the dolls, with Ariel. I was also lucky enough to see the film in a cinema on my own before the cinema had actually opened to the public. But we won't get into that now. (laughs) So when I heard that they were making a live-action version I was excited. Now, let's address the elephant in the room when it comes to Disney live-action remakes. And I'm not talking about you, Dumbo, although I kind of am. (laughs) So the thing is, with live-action, it started high. It really did. 
I really enjoyed first Maleficent film with Angelina Jolie and Elle Fanning. I thought it added much needed dimension to the story. I also really loved the Cinderella version that was directed by Kenneth Branagh and featured Lily James as Cinderella. Again, I thought it fleshed out the character of Cinderella. It gave a lot of a lot more dimension to her relationship with the prince and I felt that it was all going in the right direction and then we get to Beauty and the Beast which for me in my opinion was an absolute car crash in terms of casting I always felt and this is no shade to Emma Watson because I do think she was good in Bling Ring And I would like to have seen her continue her career in the sort of trajectory that Daniel Radcliffe had, where he was able to go for different types of projects. But Emma Watson as Belle brings nothing to it. It's so one-dimensional. And since Belle is the character that we're really invested in, and then her relationship with the Beast, Prince Adam, there was no chemistry between the two actors. Matthew from Downton Abbey is usually brilliant in everything and I do think he made quite a good beast but I think the central chemistry between the two characters between the two actors was so off that it just didn't work. When you couple in with that the extra plot details that made it overblown you didn't need all that extra information. The film the animated version gave you exactly the story beats that you needed to carry you across. The live action version just over blew everything and I think that's the problem with a lot of these live action remakes. They add extra plot details that do not need to be there anyway. Let's talk about The Little Mermaid. So overall I actually think that this was a step back in the right direction for these live action remakes. No, I don't think in any way it can compare with either really Cinderella or the original The Little Mermaid. However, I would say that it's much tighter than it was than say if you look at something like Beauty and the Beast. The storyline is much tighter. There's less extraneous details. The central relationship really is Ariel's desire to become a human to explore this world and also her growing romance with Eric. So what worked? For me I know there was a lot of hate coming out against Halle Bailey when she was first cast in the role of Ariel. To me I found that incredibly misplaced. I have to say she is incredible in this role. She has a vivaciousness that really captures the animated character of Ariel. She also has an incredible voice and she does something different with the songs, which again is really interesting. For me, I think Disney again have found, as they did with Lily James, yeah Lily James was big in Downton Abbey, but globally Cinderella made her a star. I think Halle Bailey is going to be a star from this because every minute she's on screen you want to look at her she is the most interesting thing on the screen and that might people might interpret that as well is there anything else interesting on the screen yes there is 
there's a lot going on. I saw a lot of the early clips that look very murky, very muddy, and there is that quality to this. It did feel that this is a more cinematic experience than it is going to work when you're at home and you've got your TV on the wall. It was very dark in places, especially the Ursula section, which I really strained to see. And I did wonder at points, wait, have have I just not, have I forgotten my 3D glasses? <laughs> Is this a 3D film? <laughs> because the quality of the light that you actually got was so poor. But going back to Halle Bailey, she's incredible. She is the best thing in this film. And following up with Halle, I would also say the chemistry between Ariel and Eric. Amazing. And going back to the previous live action films, I think chemistry has been something that has been missed a lot of the time. For instance, Emma Watson and Matthew from Downton Abbey, I didn't think had that great a chemistry. The chemistry here is fire. It's amazing. You really believe them as a potential couple. So we've talked about things that did work. Let's talk about things that did not work. Firstly, Javier Bardem. I don't think he understood Triton at all. The Triton we get in the animated version is a very much... Well, you can understand why Ariel's as hot-headed as she is. He's struggling. He's a single parent. He makes a lot of terrible mistakes. The biggest mistake that Triton in the animated film makes is when he destroys Ariel's grotto of treasures. But the minute he does that, you get this look on his face where he knows he's done the worst thing possible. Maybe damaged his relationship with his daughter forever, yet he's absolutely incapable of apologising to her. You don't get that in the live action. What you get is a domineering dad who's more of a king than he is a father. So his fatherly motivations towards Ariel fall flat for me. I think this could have been altered if you'd had some instances where King Triton talks to Sebastian as he did in the animation or talks to one of his daughters about the struggle because Ariel's mother is dead. The mother of the mermaid sisters has died. She was killed by humans. There's a, an assumption in the film that maybe Ariel's mother did most of the heavy lifting when it came to emotionally supporting her daughters. That the other sisters have grown up with a mum who was there for them and that they could talk to. And that Ariel doesn't have this. He's on his own. For the first time, he's had to talk to his daughter like this. And he's completely... He's ruined it. He's acted without thinking and he has damaged, really damaged their relationship. I think just an aside where we saw Javier Bardem talking to Sebastian or talking to one of his daughters and just saying, I've made a terrible mistake. I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know if I can repair this. Would have helped us to understand more where he's coming from. And since these live action films are really meant to give us more detail about each of the characters. I feel a scene like that could have worked really well and probably would have connected with a lot of the parents in the audience. So I've mentioned the sisters, but I want to say we got to see Ariel's sisters, which was brilliant. However, we had some great actresses cast in these roles. We had Simone Ashley from Sex Education and Bridgerton, whose star is absolutely on the rise. 
And yet, bar a handful of scenes, in fact, I think it was one or two scenes, the sisters were completely underused. And that was a real missed opportunity because I would have liked to have seen more detail. The sisters' song from the start of the animated film was also cut from this live-action version. Now, I can only assume they did that because they changed the names of the mermaid sisters. It would have given us a little bit of insight into their personalities with their different performing styles. It would have been a nice shorthand. And really, what was the point in changing the sisters' names in the first place? Most of the sisters, well, no, all of the sisters' names other than Ariel, end with an A. That to me feels strange when it comes to, when I know my friends, They, if they're doing a name theme for their children, they kind of keep it up. And it singled Ariel out from her siblings. One of these things is not like the other, and it's Ariel. Because her name ends, I'm trying to remember how to spell Ariel. Bear with me a second. A-R-I-E. It ends with an L, not an A. <laughs> a land walker she should be <laughs> but i think if you were going down that road giving them all the original a names which they originally had you could have kept that song you could have had more details about who they are what their performing styles like instead we get a meeting we get really really clunky dialogue where each sister is introduced with these with their names and it's good to see you whatever you know (laughs) and it's like we don't need this and also script writing 101 says that this is bad (laughs) so again for me a minus was you've cast these incredible actresses to play mermaids they look amazing in their mermaid designs yet we literally blink and miss them finally before i wrap things up i want to talk about ursula for me i don't mind melissa mccarthy i'm a fan of the gilmore girls I know she's got range. I know she can do drama. I know she can do comedy. However, I didn't feel like this was a Melissa McCarthy performance. I felt like this was Melissa McCarthy doing a version of Pat Carroll's iconic Ursula. And when so much was done differently, when so many people got to take characters like Aquafina with Scuttle, they got to take characters in different directions. To me, it just felt redactive that Ursula is a pale imitation of herself. Personally, I would have liked to have seen a complete redesign on Ursula so that we didn't see the octopus. In earlier drawings, of The Little Mermaid, the animated film. There were various versions of Ursula that were thought about, including a version which featured her more slimmed down. I would have liked to have seen that. I would have liked to have seen something different and I would have liked to have seen a different type of performance and a different type of performer in the role. Melissa McCarthy felt like a safe choice and because of that, it feels less than it did. With Ursula, it needed to be all out front. This is the, you know, she's got the most iconic song. I feel like it's the most iconic song. And that's another thing. Let's talk about the change in song lyrics. The thing is, Ursula is a liar. That includes her saying things like, 
If you want to get on, you don't need to talk. Men don't like women who talk. That's a lie. We know it's a lie because who's telling us this? Ursula. So I don't think the lyrics necessarily needed to be changed because I think you need to think about who is this information coming from? Why are they telling you this? Every single thing she says in that song is designed to manipulate a lie. So none of it is true. And I think it's a shame we didn't get that section because that's really where the song, the body language comes into its own, where she's finally doing this final push to get Ariel in to the net to sell her voice for her legs. Also, spoiler, and I've left it this late before I bring spoilers in, (laughs) they pick up a story strand that was originally in a version of the script for the animated film, which had Triton and Ursula as siblings. That's interesting, because really, this is about revenge against the father and using the daughter as a tool. I would have liked to have seen more of that. It Instead, we get a throwaway line about them being siblings. I thought a little bit about how you could have put that into the story. I think to open the story with the death of Ariel's mother. So we see Ariel's mother laid out, being prepared for a mermaid funeral. Ursula, who is a mermaid at this time, thinks, I'm going to use my witchy ability to bring my sister-in-law back from the dead. Triton finds out, stops her in his rage, as we later see in Ariel's treasure cave explodes. He turns Ursula into an octopus, and she never forgives him. Cut to the titles, an aerial. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Do we want four-year-olds to see necromancy? No, but I think it would have given more validation to why Ursula wants this revenge. And let's be real, we would not look to paint Ursula in a good light with this because it's not about love of her sister-in-law. She's trying to bring her back from the dead. She's trying to bring her back from the dead because she wants to know if she can. That's all she's doing this for. And Triton knows this. And he also knows that it's the worst thing that she can do. So those are my thoughts about the film. I would say I would put the live action Little Mermaid more towards the Cinderella scale than I would where Beauty and the Beast is. Beauty and the Beast is just, no. (laughs) This is a great film to while away some time. As I said, it's got a really lovely central performance from Halle Bailey. There are some bits that are bad. It's cut a bottle. <laughs> but on the whole, I think this is a return to some quality when it comes to the live action Disney adaptations. In the story of the matchstick girl, she was pleasing on the streets of Match on the warmer world, but here comes the black town. 